Runner on first base, two outs, and the pitch. The runner goes. The throw down to second base, the tag, he is out. And that is another caught stealing. Welcome back to Caught Stealing with E. Marquez. Today is Whiskey Wine Fridays. Whiskey, wine, Friday. Uh, I know I said that I was going to go with um, Manage Trois red wine with, or Manage Trois Cabernet Sauvignon with Glenn Levitt. I'm going to change it up. I bought a couple new wines. I thought maybe I can go ahead and uh, try to com combine it with Manage Trois or, or uh, with Glenn Levitt. So I think I think I'm going to go with a new one. And uh, and in this one, it's going to be, I mean, I, I don't even know what they are. They just, the bottles just looked really good. Uh, I'll explain in detail in the next segment of the bottle wine. But the Glen Levitt is self-explanatory. So today's show in Whiskey Wine, we'll be doing our Whiskey Wine edition. We'll be having, uh, we'll talk about a little bit of baseball news. And um, we'll get into, we'll get you ready for wild card weekend for the NFL. I mean, it's little. Um, to me, it's all about the games on the field. You already know that. But uh, we'll, you know, we'll get into uh, what are the norms, uh, what continues to happen every year, every year. But other than that, um, we'll come right back, kick the show off real nice, enjoy the tunes, since I just learned how to put my background on, but. Uh, I'm not trying to steal, not trying to record, not trying to do anything. Just, just like new, new and nice tunes. You'll hear different genres uh, on this show, as I love all music. So. You and me never crossed that line Cause you and me, we never been single at the same time But you and me It's crossed my mind And I can see you're thinking the same thing in your eyes A couple tequila shots in this neon that's Saturday night The way that you're talking with your body Welcome back, y'all. I um, just pulled up the uh, specifications of the Glen Levitt. It's a single malt scotch whiskey, and it's a whiskey without the E, so you know it's from Scotland. So uh, here's a little bit of brief on the great, the Glen Levitt. According to Scotch whiskey regulations, Single malt scotch whiskey must be made with malted, malted barley distilled in a single distillery using pot stills and aged for at least three years. The Glen Levitt, being 12-year scotch, is aged for 12 years. If a bottle of scotch whiskey shows an age statement, means that the youngest whiskey in the bottle is at least 12 years old. Grain whiskey is most often used between three to five years old in a blend, in the blended whiskey brands. It is also in demand at various other ages in blends, five, eight, 12, and older. So the Glen Levitt, I mean, speaks for itself. It, it's, it's so great. Uh, it, it, there's no need, like don't put nothing in it. You don't need nothing in it. You don't need ice. You don't need you don't need to put it with a drink. Now, if you're if you know you got a choice between Jameson and Glenn Levitt to put in your kind of nah, screw it. Just put Glenn, just put Jameson 
with whatever you're uh, you're drinking. Do not you don't need to mess with the Glen Levitt. It's 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 absolutely perfect, and it'll get you it'll get you messed up. It'll get you messed up if you don't um, you know if, if you don't pay attention. It will definitely put a. Uh, like a wrinkle in your day, especially you know you're trying to mix it and be like, oh, I'm just gonna have a little scotch whiskey, whatever. Yeah, if you have it neat, you're gonna go ahead and you're just gonna go ahead and have it and like and like enjoy it. You know, you're gonna be able to extend your time with it. But if you have it like in the you know in a mixer or whatever, you're thinking, oh, you know what, let me get another one. You know, you're gonna drink it, it's gonna taste good, it's not gonna feel like you're, you're drinking scotch. And you're just going to get rid of it. Next thing you know, you're three drinks in. You're drinking Glen Levitt, so it's going to be about 12 to 15 to $20 a, a glass. So you, you might as well enjoy it. You might as well drink it up uh, alone without a mixer. So here we have... Uh, it's the bright, vibrant gold color. Um, it says it's fruity and summery. Okay. Uh, European and American oak cask. Flavor is delicately, delicately balanced with strong pineapple notes. Uh, and this is from the Glen Levitt website. This whiskey has been called a lot of things in its time. Smooth, fruity, complex, sophisticated, entertaining, classic. The original malt whiskey almanac says, A first class malt, one of the most popular malts in the world. Deservedly so. Representing the Glen Levitt signature style. This classic malt is first matured in traditional oak before spending time in American oak cask, which import impart notes of vanilla and gives the whiskey its distinct smoothness. The mineral which rich water that comes from Josie's well helps form the flavors uh, during mash and fermentation, while whilst the specific height and width of the copper stills add a delicate yet complex character. Keep about on hand for every occasion, it says. Okay. Uh, one comment here says, this is one of Speyside's definitive malts. Deceptively complex. The Glen Levitt 12 is one of the classiest, most sophisticated malts. Alright. Well, here we go. I'm going in on it now. And it's... Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and you smell the pineapple. Like, you can smell legitimately pineapple. But this is the thing. It does not smell like magic marker. A lot of scotch smell, smell like permanent magic marker. Or, sorry, permanent marker. It's, it's, this is just the greatest thing. This is really, really good. And, you know, the other ones that I like, the other you know, scotches that I really enjoy are um, the Macallan and... Um, some other scotch and highlands that they have but the mccallan is really great uh, uh i've had um i'm trying to think off the top of my my head without looking at my bar cabinet over there but it there's some other ones that or oh, doors doors is another one but that smells it smells really permanent market market type so this is a beautiful whiskey this is a beautiful scotch i mean it's it's, it's epic. I can smell it all day long. Mm. Look at that. No, there's no facial impression. There's no, there's nothing. There's, there's, it's just smooth taste greatness. And, and I mean, it's, it's a fact, it's a magnificent drink. It's a magnificent drink. This right here, I would say you have to, you have it afterwards. So you'll have your, in the beginning, you either start with your maker's mark, you start with a, with, with 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 a bullet, um, with a bullet bourbon, with a uh, may, maybe a Michter's. You start with your bourbon early when you get to the restaurant. When you get to the bar, you start early with that. You wait about an hour and a half. You eat. You eat with your wine, your your wine that you're drinking that night, or if you're gonna stay with the bourbon. But the Glen Levitt is dessert, and and uh, or if you're not eating, if you're not eating. Then Glen Levitt is, you know, the only thing you drink all night. Yeah, that's how good it is. It's fake. It. I gave you the Buffalo Trace earlier in one of my episodes. The Glen Levitt is up there with the Buffalo Trace. But see, the Buffalo Trace is my deal. Like I got emotional connection to Buffalo Trace. 
But the Glenn Levitt is the Glenn Levitt. Understand it. And look, when I do these whiskey wine Fridays, it's not to show you, it's not to tell you that I'm some kind of whiskey connoisseur or wine. No, no, no. It's just to show the it's sports fans and, and, and the average, you know, just, the, you know, your meats and potatoes. I'm meats and potatoes. So I'm just trying to show you what you can broaden your horizon. Sometimes you want to lay off the beer. Sometimes the beer is too thick, too dark, too heavy. You got other options. All I'm just trying to do to you is just give you other options. There's nothing else. I'm not trying to tell you what you need to buy or what you don't need to buy. But you have to buy the Glen Levitt. Let's just get it. Let's just understand this, okay? You must have the Glen Levitt. So, took the Glen Levitt. It's great. It's tasty. Uh, oh, here I'm drinking the Dark Horse, the original Dark Horse Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, I picked this up um, because it's got a nice little label. It's silver. It's, uh, it's thick. It's not like a paper label. Um, it's a California wine. The back of it says the Dark Horse winemaker Beth Liston believes that fortune favors the bold. Her pioneering approach to viticulture and winemaking champions quality, originality, and above all, taste. I think that's viticulture, V-I-T-I, culture. So I hope I don't butcher it. I butcher a lot of, a lot of words. A bold wine with big personality. This Cabernet, this Cabernet is driven by flavors of blackberry and black cherry supported by firm tannins. And we know what tannins are, right? And a hint of spice, all leading toward a complex finish of dark chocolate espresso. Ooh. Pour a glass and let us know what you think. Oh, darkhorsewine.com. Oh, this is promising. That's promising. I'll look up the dark horse while I'm smelling it here. And uh, dark horse wine. Let's see here. I hope you're digging the country in the background because you know when you got when you got whiskey. Oh, well, whiskey you do with everything, but you know you gotta go country, and you gotta go. You know, wine is a sophisticated country. So I love the country music. So here it goes. Um, Dark Horse Wine is a California wine brand owned beverage giant by the beverage giant and largest California wine export. E something. However, a priority blend of Malbec. So are okay. So this just tells you. Who owns it there? Um, the Dark Horse. I want to get a review. Our wines. The Dark Horse wine. Let me see if I can get a review. Total wine. Okay, here you go. Let's see what Total Wine says. So the Glenn Levitt's going to run you, I believe, $33, $35, th $37 around there. I'm going to say $30 to $40. And the Dark Horse runs you about 9 bucks, 10 bucks. So... Here's Total Wine, and this is what they say. This is the tasting panel on it. Elegant, black cherry, blackberry, cherry, and espresso, full body. Uh, the tasting panel, California. This expression offers up an intense nose of rub rhubarb. Oh, I don't know what that is. Plum and a graphite. A dollop of petite verdo, verdot, verdo brings in a violet character and chewy mouth-filling tannins lend a wonderful texture experience touch with espresso and white pepper chocolate whoa white pepper chocolate that's pretty impressive now let's look what what, what ruber let me see man i'm totally jacking this up uh what is it come on come on get off the screen I mean, I'm not, not liking this thing. Okay. I'm looking up to what it says, paste. And what is... Okay. Huh? Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Huh. Is a cultivated plant in the, in the genus realm in the family of polygonaceae. Whoa. It's a plant. Rhubarb. Interesting. Rhubarb. Herbescus. P perennial growing from short, thick rhizomes. Man, this is just jacked up. It's 
says it's a fruit, it's a vegetable. It's a vegetable. Rhubarb. I feel like I need to get the pronunciation. Because <laughs> uh, it's uh Let's see if you can hear it in the background. Rhubarb. There it is. So yeah, there. I was, I was kind of right, right? Rhubarb. Yeah, okay. Rhubarb. Sounds good. So, yeah, okay. So there you go. So we're going to go in on it now. Let's see. Uh, let's see if it's what. Well, let's taste the rhubarb and the espresso. It smells. It does smell planty. Vegetable-y. Am I saying that because I just read what rhubarb is? Probably. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Ooh. It's got a real bitter. In the middle, it's bitter. In the middle, it's bitter. Man, it might be a great drink, though. It's tasty. There's some decent lines. I always think that the lines that come off the glass that like kind of tail down the legs um, that's from the sweetness or the sugar from it so the more legs that come down your glass after you twirl it it's from sugar or the sweetness of it so I don't know uh, this one doesn't got a lot of legs it's got a good amount but not not a lot you see you notice when there's a lot of legs going down in wines it's dry at the end. It does taste vegetable-y. There's no sweetness to it. Mm. Fills your mouth, though. Fills your mouth with flavor and taste. I, I don't think I would have picked this. Like, you know, you know what I would, so when I have bottled wines and alone, I won't drink it. Like this one, I probably won't. I'll get another cab. I would do a, um, a, a Robert Mondavi a bourbon oak cab. Um, I'll do Menage Trois cab. I'll do the box wine cab that I had. This, this doesn't taste like a cab. It's got a cab start. It's got a Merlot middle, and at the end it's dry. Uh, uh, it, it's the Merlot in the middle is the dry part, and at the end it kind of just evaporates. It doesn't even finish. So maybe maybe it works with a Glenlivet. Now I have the taste of the wine in my mouth, so I'm gonna take a sip of the Glenlivet. That in that gives the Glenlivet a little bit more pungent, like. Like a more pungent, like 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 takes it down rougher. But the taste complements. The taste complements. Let me see if I can add just a drop of Glenlivet in there to the wine. And you know, if you're gonna mix them, what I like to do if I mix them, sometimes you know you need to mix them. Like I had that Chianti. The Chianti and um, I did that with Angel's Envy. You, you couldn't mix it. But Seagram's, Seagram's, uh, Seagram's Canadian whiskey seems to be a mixable whiskey with wines. I, I don't know what it is. It, it makes it, it, it calms it down. It brings the bitterness down. So, but I mixed it a little bit. I will never do this again. This is. Glen Levitt, you know, you I will never mix Glen Levitt or wine, but I mix it to see if to see if it tastes better. It makes the dark horse taste better. Eh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's um it's alright actually. Yeah, it helps it a lot. It helps it a lot. Like a lot of times when you're drinking bad beer or 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 or, or cheap beer, you had a shot in it, you know, make it a boiler maker, makes it tasty. Like I used to do 
Paps, Blue Ribbon, a shot of whiskey. Um, I even did Schlitz with a shot of uh, whiskey, and, and it would it would definitely complete that beer. But uh, so like this bottle of wine, I won't drink it alone by itself. I won't do it. So what I would do is I would mix it. I would probably take that. You know what I'll do right now is I'll take this, drink it halfway. I'll drink it halfway and then or a little bit more just a quarter and then i'll mix it with the chianti that i had several weeks ago because i'm, I'm also doing an experiment about the wines how long do you take how long is it good for so the box wine told me that i can have that box wine in that box for a month and you can drink it no problem and then i read upon or i read on bottles that some wines you can have for three weeks if they're kept, you know, in dark spaces with no light. And I'm talking about open. If you have it open. So I think that Chianti is about a month now, a little less than a month. And if I mix it with this dark horse, I think it's going to give it a little bit more life, maybe 10 days. But if I mix it with this dark horse, put it all together, I think it'll be good. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try it right now, actually. Maybe you guys will hear me do it together. Uh, do it on the show, but I want to go ahead and um, give it. I'm gonna give this dark horse a not buy, but the Glen Levitt is you know, it's a must. You must have it in your house, even if you don't drink, you have it in your house, okay? You have it in your house to entertain. If you don't entertain, don't drink, and you're religious, you still have it in your house. You have it in your house, it's a beautiful thing. The Glen Levitt 12 years is amazing. Now, there's Glen Levitt 18, 21, there's a Glen Levitt. Uh, I think 26, 28, something like that. Oh, they're all phenomenal, phenomenal. The Glen Levitt 12 is a must-have. It's a staple. You have it in your bar. But that's it. Done deal. There, there, there's, there's several certainties in life. Death, taxes, um, Glen Levitt in your bar. That's it. That's how it is. Dealing with E. Marquez. Uh, so this week we had some good, some good, good, good stuff going on. You know, it's the new year, and we had some good news, some entertain, some some decent news regarding contracts. Here, the Chicago White Sox signed their prize minor leaguer, um, Robert Louis Robert, to an extension. Is it Louis Robert? What is his name? It's Robert Robert. I believe it's Louis Robert. I'll look it up. Louis Robert. Yeah. Louis Robert. Uh, El Pantera. La Pantera. Whatever. The Panther. Well, they have him uh, signed for eight years. They gave him $50 million. Something in that range. And then a two-year club option. It's going to be interesting. And the thing is, is everybody's praising the White Sox for doing this is their this is the way they do business. Uh, they go off and they they uh, basically sign these players while they're still young and or you know not not a lot of major league service time. They try to avoid arbitration. And after a certain amount of years, I believe it's four, the players eligible for arbitration, and then their percentage of their salaries go up each year. Uh, for example. Chris Bryant is not on a long-term deal with the Cubs. And these next two years, since he's got two more years on his rookie contract, these next two years will be in the $45 million range combined. So that's like $22.5 million a year. And he was a rookie in 2016, won the MVP. And then after that, because he, he reached a, a threshold, his arbitration number went up in percentages. And um, Javi Baez is another one of those. So... Uh, the White Sox like to avoid arbitration, um, so they sign their young players. 
And the thing is, it's a it's a monumental risk uh, because if these players don't pan out, say they sign players four to six to eight years, right? If you have players that don't pan out, so then you you literally just wasted money. But then on the flip side, you can say, oh, it didn't cost that much. It was on the cheap end. But then you can try to convince other other general managers that listen, these guys are this guy is signed to three years. We just we just got a better player behind them, or we just don't got no space for him, and his contract is team friendly. Just make a deal. So that is also enticing. So for me, there's more pros than cons. But in the situation, me personally, I dislike I dislike prospects. Nothing has been more flawed than the prospect or the potential of prospects. All these guys got talents. Oh, if we're playing in a tournament where it's three weeks, two weeks, weekend long, then fine. These major leaguers are another level. But what's also another level is the durability. Your best ability is availability. That's just the bottom line. That's just the bottom line. Now, in baseball, and it gets rammed down our throats, they, analytics is the way the game must be. And a lot of these baseball nerds, these analytic guys, will tell you, no, 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 analytics is part of it. You know, you got the eye test. You got the guys that, you know, that, you know, play. But they'll tell you there's no such thing as clutch hitting. They'll tell you that batting average is no good. They'll tell you that pitchers with wins don't matter. And all that stuff is BS. It's BS. I don't care. I don't care. Don't tell me anything regarding that analytics is the be-all, end-all. Analytics is guaranteed to ruin the game. That's one. Number two, you, 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 have, to, you have to know that it's... it's It's tough. It's tough to put analytics inside the ball game. Okay? We play to win the game. That's what we do. We play to win the game. Analytics doesn't win. What analytics wants you to do is get one through nine that they can be the same person. As long as it's analytics driven. It, it, it's not. This is not the case. This is not the case. These guys are not robots. If I had nine Barry Bonds, yeah, we could put them in a line. If I had nine Javi Baez, yeah, you can throw them in the, in, the, in the lineup. But you don't have that. You don't get that. This is the, the game is a different ball. It's a different ball of wax, the game you're playing. It's a different game. It's, it's not computers. And wins matter for starting pitchers. This is why when you're going six innings consistently, there's this stat that's called quality start. Well, quality start sucks. Sucks. You, in the game, in the big leagues, if you want to be a higher echelon or a top of the food chain pitcher, this is why the ERA champ is also a, 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 a flawed number. Why? Because there's only a there's only a certain amount of pitchers that qualify for that. Now, if you're pitching and you're you're doing innings, so if you're starting pitching and you're pitch seven, eight, nine innings a game for 20 starts, yeah, you're one of the best. And when you're pitching that late into the game, you're doing m multiple things. Number one, you're saving your bullpen. You're not using a lot of guys out of the bullpen. Number two, you're keeping, that means that you're keeping your team in games. And 90% of the time, you're actually leading in that game. You got 20 starts. You're averaging seven innings, seven and a third, seven and two thirds. That means you're going into the eighth inning in 20 starts. You're, and out of those 20 starts, you're probably going to win 18, 19 of those 20 starts. That's how huge 
That's why wins matter. Because you you're going deep into games. You're dominating. You're winning. That's why it matters. Now, if you go five innings and you win the game, eh, okay, that doesn't matter. But it but you know, you know the pitchers. You know the pitchers that are eating up innings. The starting pitchers that eat up innings, their teams are winning. Their teams are the best teams in the league. They're either winning their division. They're now if you just got one starter that's eating up innings, that's averaging seven innings a game, and your other starters are averaging four to six innings a game, then you're not pretty you're not pretty good. Then you're not pretty good. You know, maybe you got an offensive team that helps. Whatever. But if you have a starter, and then this is another thing, these starters that are winning games. You know, if you got a starter that goes seven innings, averages seven innings, there's going to be some times that he that he's winning, you know, by wide margin. And sometimes he doesn't have to pitch those many innings. Sometimes he's up six nothing in the seventh, seven nothing in in the, in the sixth. Then yeah, you can go ahead and pull him out, whatever, rest him. It's like they, they like to say. But that's why. Wins matter for starting pitchers. Wins don't matter for relief pitchers. But for starting pitchers, wins matter. Um, ERA, uh, eh. strikeout per nine, eh. you know, you'll get some stuff. You can see the guys who are going to blow away, guys. I mean, you just watch them. Even in condensed games, you just watch them. You know they're going to blow them away. But stop telling me that analytics is the be-all, end-all because it's not. It really isn't. So and, and I'm I'm looking at these numbers, and I see that DJ LeMahieu had 602 at bats, but yet lost the MVP to Mike Trout, who had 470 at bats. So Mike Trout didn't even have to play the complete season; he played three thirds of a season to win the MVP. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's analy- analytically driven. Has nothing to do with victories. Has nothing to do with impact. Nothing. What, what's going on here is the voters who are starting to accept, and these are sports writers, and a lot of these sports writers are newer sports writers, and they're thinking that analytics is the be-all, end-all, when clearly the most the, the most improved and the best player this year was DJ LeMahieu. He was the better player, and 602 at-bats alone with those numbers, with the home run numbers, the RBI numbers, the clutch hitting, the, the hitting with runners in scoring position, the... The, the batting average, the walks, on-base percentage, on-base plus slugging. All his numbers across the board were fantastic, were MVP-worthy. How he doesn't win the MVP is because his name is DJ LeMahieu, and the other guy's name is Mike Trout. So Mike Trout is a fantastic player. He's a great player to watch. Watch Mike Trout and avoid looking at his stats. You're going to love him, and you're going to think that he's a great player. But these analytic guys want to tell you that it's because of analytics that makes Mike, Mike Trout a, a great player. Well, it has to be. Because he doesn't win on ball games, they don't win over there. And then they'll tell you, oh, they don't, have, they don't have a complete team, whatever, whatever. And then Joe Madden goes over there, and all of a sudden, oh, the Angels are going to be the surprise team of the. Oh yeah, you sure? Let's see, let's see, let's see what happens. Because I doubt that very much. Mike Trout doesn't win; he just doesn't win. Tom Brady wins. Mike Trout doesn't win. This is how it goes. But uh, Mike Trout is. A significantly better athlete and better at his craft than Tom Brady is. But Tom Brady has won Super Bowls. Mike Trout is significantly better. He's just a significantly... Tom Brady to football or quarterbacking. Mike Trout to baseball. Mike Trout is better. Even though he has not won. That That's just how it is. You don't have to be a winner to show that you are better. And that's the truth. Tom Brady is Tom Brady is the most accomplished and he is the the highest winning he is the best winner he is the he is the best player at his position at winning and that's it bottom line there's no arguing that Michael Jordan is another level that's why Michael Jordan is the be all end all of athletes cuz not only was is he the best and was he the best he's also the the biggest winner. He's also a big winner. 
So this is what he does. But uh, overall, uh, the the back to the the over the um, off season moves and stuff like that. Uh, nothing else has happened. Little moves here and there in the baseball, but you know. The White Sox offseason moves, in my opinion, have been, they, they've been regular, you know, basically normal. If you take the names out and you just look at the stats, what they've done, Edwin Wanercracker, Dallas Keiko, Gio Gonzalez, uh, Yasmani Grandel, I don't know what's going on. And I feel like I'm glad I have this podcast because every day you're going to hear me talk about games, talk about games. And you're going to hear how I'm going to get into the catching situation and how Yasmani Grandel last year had several games where he multiple pass balls, meaning the ball was in his glove and he drops it multiple. And he is glorified because he's a pitch framer i don't know i don't know that i don't know what where that comes from or what that does but so all these guys that sign with the white Sox, people go, oh they're very active they're doing they're doing what they're supposed to be doing well not not in my opinion i think the angels the angels did work i think the yankees did work and they only went made one or two signings that that's who did work because those guys are impact players these guys at the White Sox signed, they're, they're, they're middle of the pack. They're, they're regular players. They're regular players. So let's play the game, and we'll see. And then the, the, the analytic guys want to say, oh, wait, wait until Louis Robert and Madrigal and Vaughn and whoever the case, whoever else, come up. Oh, oh, you got Copac. You got Remember, Eloy Jimenez mix, missed so much time last year. Moncada every year gets hurt. This is what I'm telling you. Major League Baseball has a major league season. And those are big time seasons. And just go back and think about the players. Think about the players that have played 160, 162 games. Cal Ripken Jr., the Ironman streak. He didn't miss a game. He didn't miss a game. A game for almost 30 years. 25 years, he didn't miss a game. Just think about that. And when he took a day off, he took a day off. He didn't even want to take a day off. His manager told him, convinced him to take a day off. He wanted to put a young guy in the lineup. They're out of the they're out of the playoffs or whatever. He didn't want to take a day off. He took a day off. And in that time, this guy. I mean, he played over 2,000 games, 2,500 games. Ridiculous, ridiculous amount. That doesn't happen now. So this is why these guys got to stay healthy. And then they got to play hurt. They might not be able to play injured, but they got to play hurt. So that's what I want to see. I want to see that. And we'll go for that. And then a lot of people complaining. A lot of people complaining about the Cubs inactivity. Look at the Washington Nationals were the same last year. They lose Bryce Harper. They lose a couple other players. And they're the same. The same as the Cubs. They're chilling. Oh, the Nationals are not doing nothing. They're not going to win. And then they start off and they're 19-31 and 31, May 31st. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they found something. They found something. They fixed their bullpen. Their manager has a heart attack, something, or a heart problems and all of a sudden they found something and they win the world series in impressive fashion don't matter what you do in the offseason doesn't matter you got to go forward and you got to move forward and i think the cubs are going to do some things the cubs are just waiting in the weeds and that's how it is but the rest around around the rest of the major leagues atlanta braves are still there minnesota twins are still there The, the phillies they're getting better you know, they got Joe Girardi now. You know, a lot of these teams are still, you know, doing things. Uh, there's a, another, uh, I heard another analyst, I think uh, some, uh, someone on the radio saying that Cincinnati Reds are by far the best team in, in the NL Central. Huh. 
stunned by it. The NFL, the NFL, the N, the NFC. The what am I saying? The NL Central, the NL Central has the Reds have never been in a situation to contend with their group of players right now. What happens? What happens if they start all hot and they start off doing really good? Then all of a sudden, adversity strikes. This is what happens. People are real quick to say, oh, oh, the analytics say that this team can do this, can do that, can do this. Yeah, but once you get punched in the face, what do you do? You have a three, four, six game lead. Then all of a sudden it's down to two games. What do you do? This is this is the game. This is what games are. This is why we play the game. Adversity. Coming back from adversity. I have no doubt. No doubt in my mind that the Cincinnati Reds will have no chance in winning the division. Why? Because they don't have players with that experience. The players that they have know how to lose. They don't know how to win until they know how to win. Then it changes the game. But how how long is that going to take? Cincinnati Reds have a decent amount of talent. They have young talent. They got a good pitching staff, quality pitching staff. But there's a lot of things that gotta go that gotta go right in order for them to win. That's 162 ball games that you gotta go that you gotta you gotta overcome that you gotta you gotta compete in. It's gonna be tough, man. And I still think that the Cubs are the most talented team in that division. It's it shows. It shows. Now, what will they do? Are they going to trade some pieces? Are they going to add some pieces? Who knows? But they're still the most talented team in the division. It's all about line of construction for the Chicago Cubs. So, there is that. And I'll be back talking about what happened in the other sports and finishing it off with Wild Card Weekend. And we're on the road to Tangent, 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 City. Tangent, 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 City. No la trates de controlar, ella siempre será libre. La foto no la tiene que editar, los filtros son inservibles. Si quieres algo fuera de lo normal, baby, solamente dime. Yo casi no salgo y no lo voy a negar Que por ti fue que yo vine eh. Y ahora busca salir de la rutina Le da el cannabis, no a la nicotina En alta siempre como su autoestima Welcome back to the last segment of the day Well, um, we will talk about Eddie Jackson today Eddie Jackson got signed and extended Four years 55 million, 33 million around there, guaranteed, making him the highest paid safety in the league. That's pretty good. That's Eddie Jackson deserving that. I feel like he he he's been two years in the league and he's been dominating. This year he had a, you know taken on a different role, had a different coordinator. I understand his regression, but the guy has been fantastic. The guy has been really good. Uh, I have no problem in, um, I have no problem in, 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 in what he's done and how he's done it. it. It's pretty good. So for me, uh, yeah, uh, I like it. I like it. Um, he's going to be around for quite a while and that's pretty good. So yeah, that that's pretty good. Now. Who knows what goes on going forward? Uh, one thing that I hate listening to is the fact that is that a lot of people want to say what's going to happen with the Bears. Oh my God, it's so far away. It's so far away. The Bears, ultimately, you look back. The Bears are based on their organization. The organization is always going to be mediocre. They're never going to be one of the. They're, they're not going to be like the Cubs. If you rank the organizations in Chicago or just rank the organizations in general, Yankees, Cubs, Dodgers, Cowboys, Red Sox, 
I'm trying to think of some other organizations. Blackhawks, um, Boston Bruins. Trying to think some other organizations across sports, Liverpool, and the Premier League soccer, uh, Real Madrid, um, Barcelona, Manchester City, Manchester United, Tottenham. Now, I don't know even Tottenham, but you know I'll throw Tottenham in there. And if I gotta throw if I throw Tottenham in there, then I gotta throw the Jaguars in there because it's the same ownership. Jaguars, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. But you look, you look at organizations, they make a difference. New England Patriots, uh Los Angeles Lakers. The, these organizations change the game. They change they're they're impactful in what they do because of the way they're organized. You look at other teams. I just put it in perspective. The Chicago Bears have four more wins than the Detroit Lions in the teens, in the decade of the 2000 teens. That just comes to show you that the Chicago Bears are not what they're supposed to or what people look at them to be. They're not. They're middle of the pack to below pack. Now, these last two years... They've been pretty good. They've been they've been all right. You know, they've done decent. So they're they're changing their ways. But it's still it's still based on um it's still based on their organization. That that's what it is. It's still it unfortunately I I personally have no faith in their organization. This is how it goes. If Ryan Pace and if Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy fail, then it's still the same characters going to be the next hire. So now I'm already set. My thoughts are, look, if they hire somebody, I want them to hire Fitz, Fitzgerald from um, Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern. That's where I'm at now. So there's no we cannot we cannot foresee the future. You cannot do it. But if Pat Fitzgerald is hired, I want him to be president of football operations. I want him to hire his own general manager. I want him to be the head coach. I don't want anyone else. Now I'll be like, okay, now this is a new era of Chicago Bears football. But right now, the only thing we can do is just hope. Hope. Now the last two seasons, they've won 20 games. Okay. That's probably the best that I can remember in a two-season span. But again, again. That's the organization. That's the way of the organization. And that's the problem. That's the problem. So going going ahead, and you know, we can't we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know what's going on over with the Bears in the in the uh in the future of uh, uh, uh of 2020. We can just hope. And they've already won. <coughs> Excuse me, they've already won with Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe that gives us hope, but Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be a, a. He's not going to be a top ten quarterback. He, he he might be a winner, yeah, but he's not going to be a top ten quarterback. Um, you know what do you do? What do you do? Well, I I don't know. I don't know. They they will. They always find a way to be creative in their cap room space to get more money to spend. So that I, I trust that they'll do that, but uh, but you know I don't trust anything else. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of what their decision making. I'm not. So we'll see what goes on uh, with, with with the rest of the with, you know all season. But I don't care. I don't care 
I, I don't care about the Bears no more now. Right now, it's not about the Bears. It's just not. You know, until they do some things in the offseason, we don't know anything until April, May, June, or March, April, May. So we'll figure it out from there. But right now, we're, uh, you know, we're in a standstill. So we don't know. They hire offensive coordinators. They fire coordinators and coaches. So what? Oh, well. That's what it is. You move on. And that's how it goes. So, but, uh, Eddie Jackson getting his money is a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good idea. Uh, it helps. It works. And uh, um, uh, this weekend has the Houston Texans versus the Buffalo Bills. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the New Orleans Saints versus the Minnesota Vikings. It has... The Tennessee Titans versus New England Patriots are the teams that I like to win, that I'm rooting for, and I and I don't know if it's gonna happen. I'm rooting for the Titans. I'm rooting for the Vikings. I'm rooting for the um, Bills and the Eagles. And the reason why is because I think these games are all wide open. But you know, all the, all the home teams can easily win the game. You know. And the Seattle can easily win that game. Uh, the Bills, the, the Houston Texans always play this Saturday playoff game, and they always lose. They always lose. It's it's so funny. But the Bills, you know, they really haven't beaten anybody. They uh, they won one game versus a team over 500. But they got 10 wins. They got 10 wins. So, yeah, I know. I don't, I, you know, I don't trust the Houston Texans. I don't. So we'll see what happens in this wild card. The Patriots look vulnerable, but again, they're nine and zero in playoffs at home, so you know that it's going to be hard to beat them. But yeah, that'll be it today. I think we're solid. I think we've done a good whiskey wine Friday. Anything, anytime you put Glenn Levitt with anything, I mean, Glenn Levitt is phenomenal. So, I thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the background music. It's pretty good. Now I just went into my salsa stage, my Latin jazz movie. So, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, my boy's, my boy's going to know this song. Pretty good. So, yeah, thanks again. And now that I have my system set up and pretty good, I think uh, you're gonna get some more. You're gonna get some more content. Um, I'm gonna go maybe two. I'm gonna try to put up more more pods, two or three, two or three times a day, maybe three times a week, something like that. So, thanks again, and again, share me, uh, post me. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way. Now I'm on Instagram. So, the Instagram page is uh, Caught Stealing Podcast. So, just search up Caught Stealing Podcast. It should come up. Um, Yeah, post on there. Hit me up there. You know, if you want me to talk about anything, let me know. All right, take care now. Talk to you guys soon.